Welcome to the Wellspring Community Church Podcast, where we exist to help real people find real hope in a real world. We hope today's message encourages you. Let's get into today's episode. Come on, let's give him a shout of praise worthy of him today. Well, welcome. Good morning. Everybody feeling okay? Happy Sunday morning. I pray that uh, your week was amazing. I pray it was fruitful. I pray that you saw the Lord shine in uh, facets of your life that you have yet to see him shine. And I just pray that this week was blessed. And if it wasn't, come on, I believe next week's going to be blessed. I think it's your week. Amen. Amen. Uh, Well, let me just, before I go any further, can I just welcome all of you, Uh, maybe those of you that are visiting for the very first time, maybe some of you that have been gone and you're back, and maybe you're here and you've been checking out, but you realize, come on, it's good to come home. Whatever it may be, if you're here for the first time, maybe it's been a while since you've been here, welcome, 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 delighted that you are here today. You are our honored guest, and uh, we couldn't be more thrilled to have you with us today. So come on, Wellspring, let's welcome them. Come on, can we do that? Glad you're here today. Really, really am. It would be our distinct honor and privilege to, if you are brand new, to take a moment and uh, sometime during the service, and if you'll fill out the blue card that's in the seat back pocket in front of you, you can't miss it. It says, let's connect. And that's exactly what we want to do. We just want to connect with you. Uh, we're not asking you to show up, we're not asking to show up at your house. We're not asking you to add you to some mailing list. We just want to help you get connected right here at Wellspring so that you can figure out whether you want to make this your home, place that you see your gifts fulfilled, whatever it may be. We are glad that you are here today. And again, before I go any further, uh, I just have to, I don't have to, but I want to, uh, but I want to give honor where honor is due. And uh, Saturday night when we found out that my pastor friend, Pastor Tim Durden from Galette passed away, I looked at April at nine o'clock at night. and I said, baby, you're on your own tomorrow. Can you preach the word? And would you do me a favor, even if it's just for me as her husband, would you put your hands together and just honor my wife for preaching the word last week? Just so grateful. So grateful. Love you, babe. Thanks for preaching. Um, I, I heard that all you did was make fun of me the whole time. Uh, that's the last time I write a message and you preach it. It's the last time. Uh, you're on your own next time. Um, uh, but really excited about all that God has uh, for us here. Um, and before we get into the message, uh, I just want to share with you a couple vision pieces that are happening. Uh, I mean, it, it's, have you guys figured out we're no longer in winter in Florida? Have you figured that out? You figured that out? Like I, I looked at the 10 day kind of trajectory or trajectory of what it's going to look like. It, I think we've entered the hotter and then in a couple months we're going to be in hell. So just bearing with you that, that if you're new to Florida, we've got three t- uh, temperatures here, hot, hotter and hell. Those are the three. And so uh, just enjoy the middle temperature. I think they call it like spring. We call it hotter around here. Uh, And so as we launch into spring, I want you to know that uh, this Wednesday, we have our uh, spring uh, student night on March the 1st uh, at 6.30 right here in the auditorium. And uh, the first 60 students that show up are gonna get free Kona ice. And so make sure you are one of those 60 students. Get your teenagers here. Listen, can I just talk to you parents in the room? Listen, your kids and your teenagers do not run their house, your house. You run your house. Well, they don't want to go. Well, since when does that matter? Come on, somebody. That only matters after 18. Before 18, last time I checked, let me just help you. You run your house. You run your house. So get them here. 
get them here. Let's fill this place up with teenagers. There is, there is something happening in our student ministry over the last six months that has not happened before. Your kids need to experience that. So make sure they're here. And I'll just plug this because I don't normally plug this. Um, but if you've got middle schoolers at our 1045 service, we've got a community group that happens in the next steps rooms behind me. And so like transition to the 1040, actually don't because there's no seats in the 1045. So just come to two services. There you are, two services. But at the 1045, uh, our uh, middle schoolers meet in, uh, in the back. And then uh, secondly is we are taking a trip in July, a missions trip uh, to Guatemala. And so if you have any interest in going to Guatemala, what I think is interesting or actually good for you, for you that maybe uh, could afford a trip, what I like about this Guatemala trip is it's close. So it's affordable. Um, it's, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, just an arm. Come on, somebody. So not a lot. Uh, but make sure that you uh, come to the interest meeting. It's right after this service. We'll take 15 minutes of your time. That's it. I promise you, we will not be there long. 15 minutes for you to come in the back in the next steps room, which is right behind us. Come back there. We'll get you all the information that you need so you can pray about joining us in Guatemala. And last but not least, uh, next week, say next week. I, 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 list, I literally, I can, I've not been as excited as I am for this next series that we're doing next week. And we've entitled this series, uh, Paper to Person. I don't know if you know, but we are six weeks away from Easter. And what, I know that's surprising to me too, especially when you're a church and you're planning Easter services. Uh, and we're gonna go one day at a time over the next six weeks through Holy Week. And so next Sunday, I'm gonna teach you all about that first day, that Sunday, the triumphal entry. Then we're going to go to Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and so on and so forth until we get to April 9th, Resurrection Sunday, where we've learned all of the history of the seven days, the last seven days that Jesus walked this planet. And on Resurrection Sunday, come on, we're going to have an epic celebration of celebrating Jesus' resurrection. So really, really excited about that series. You're not going to want to miss it. I would encourage you to be here for every single week of the installment of how Jesus was paper in the Old Testament, but he came in flesh person, flesh and blood, to be for us what we cannot be for ourselves. And so make sure that you are here for that. Let me pray. Got your notes? Grab your notes. I want to teach you today, uh, really challenge you, more than teaching or preaching today, I want to challenge you. Um, and I'm going to bring back something that I did probably in 2018 when we were in our old building. So if you've been with us for long enough, you'll start to feel some of this and you'll be like, oh, I remember some of that. So uh, join in with us. Let me pray. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go, right? There you go. Come on, sometimes we overcomplicate the prayers. Here's how I want to start. I want to start out by telling you how God speaks to me. Um, God has really twice, only twice in my 40, almost 42 years walking this planet where I have felt like I have vividly heard the audible voice of God. Whether I did or not, we'll know when we get to heaven. But there was only two occasions where I feel like I heard the visible, audible voice of God. Besides those two times, God has spoken to me dozens upon dozens, hundreds of times. And the biggest way that God speaks to me is he speaks to me through his word, but he also speaks to me through other people. And over the last few weeks, I've talked to many people. In fact, just April and I are, are, are dealing with a couple literally right now that are struggling with this topic. And I've heard it over the last few weeks, the last few months, and I looked at our staff, I looked at our creative team, and I said, listen, we have to talk about this. It is crushing marriages. It is crushing addiction. 
It is causing people to need rehab and to be addicted to medication and pills and video games. It is crushing our society. Let me just say this to you. It's crushing Washington, D.C. You see it at the gas pumps. You see it at the interest rates when you're trying to buy a new house. And so God will often talk to me through other people. And then after other people say something, God will knock on my heart and he'll say, uh, this is a major theme that's been in your life. You can obviously tell it's been a major theme in other people's life. And so it's something that must be dealt with on a Sunday morning. So a question I wanna ask you today is how many of you, before I even tell you what we're gonna talk about, how many of you need help today? Come on, raise your hand, you need help? Yeah, you're like, some of y'all raise your hand, you're like, it don't matter what it is, I just need help. Yeah, just need help. How many of you, you are with somebody and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt they need help? Come on, somebody. Yeah, pointing at them, right? Today, I, I really wanna, I wanna help you. I wanna help you get some handles on your finances. Some handles on your money, some handles on your dinero, some handles on that green stuff that we deal with day in and day out. And so before we go any further, I wanna give you the epic, mega, big idea statement, and here it is. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can experience God's favor on our finances. How many of you would agree with that? I believe you can. But there are two groups of people in church today. There are some of you, you're in church today and you are broke as a joke. You ain't got two nickels to rub together. You're living paycheck to paycheck. You can't make your bills. You, you, you are in debt collection. You are broke beyond broke. You're sitting there on a Friday afternoon after you get paid and you go, which bills do we pay and which bills do we not pay? But there's another group of us in church today and you are experiencing God's favor on your finances. You are blessed. You've got more in the account at the end of the week than you did after paying your bills than you did before. There's a balance. You're, you're doing better than you thought. And I would go so far to say that the second category can almost be more scary than the first category. And here's why. Because you can have God's blessing on your finances and have no idea why or how you're being blessed. And what will happen along the way is you will think it's because of your money management skills and because of your high paying job or because of something that you've done or the side business and that's why you're experiencing God's favor on your finances. And if we're not careful, we will start to take credit on what God is allowing us to live in today. So what I want is I want you to have sustainability on your finances. Here are some staggering statistics that I think are important for you to know. Did you know that the average 21-year-old owes $12,000 in debt? Seven years later, when that 21-year-old is actually a 28-year-old, they owe $78,000 in debt. Our society is getting off to the wrong step, the wrong track. We're getting off what God has called us to do. Two-thirds of Americans, two-thirds, 67% of Americans, do not have $1,000 in an emergency fund. There's a hospital bill, or you have a blown out tire, or 
something happens and you've got to go to the doctor and you've got to pay something. 67%, two-thirds of the families in our church do not have $1,000 in a savings account for a rainy day if something happens. Here's the one that staggered me the most, which is why we must talk about this, is that 77 million or 35% of adults walking this planet or walking in America have at least a file in debt collections currently right now. 35%, 77 million people more than one-third of the families in America, that we could also say in this church, have debt in collections that is going from 20 to 25 to 30% interest. This is a major issue in our country. Now, let me just say this to you. Why don't you take a deep breath? Come on, everybody, take a deep breath. Because you needed one after that, right? I have no motive. <laughs> I have no agenda today. Can I just tell you, your church is financially healthier than it's ever been before. Can I, can I tell you right now? Listen, listen, let me tell you. We're not doing any major projects right now. We've got the sports ministry to where it needs to be and we're kind of just enjoying where it's at right now. We're not adding new campuses. We're not upgrading major facilities here. This isn't some back way to tell you to give so that we can do. There's no agenda. I have no motive. We're financially good. We've got multiple months of savings in our accounts. We are caught up. We have no credit cards as a church. We, are, we have staff that is getting paid what they should get paid. Well, not really, because no church staff gets paid what they should get paid. We're good. Our church is healthy. I'm not coming to you in a few weeks saying, we got no money, we need you to give. We are healthy, there is no motive and there is no agenda so you can take a deep breath that I'm not trying to sell you a product or an agenda. But I am saying to you today, listen to me church, I am saying to you today, you are learning money principles and you are learning how to do money somewhere, somehow, and I am convinced that the principles found in God's word actually are the best principles for you to live a sustaining and fulfilled life. See, the world has a whacked out view of money. And if you're not careful, you will learn principles on how to do the money. You will hear some pyramid and marketing scheme quick way to lose weight and quick way to, to get rich quick and in 90 days you can have this and you watch all the commercials and you sign up for it and how many of you know it's a spiral effect that you're worse off now than you were before you made that phone call all of those all of those marketing schemes it's a product you're selling it's a book you're trying to get them and it's a program that you must follow Every one of them, they trap you and very few of them actually give you more. And we stay caught in a cycle of spending money but not having more simply to keep up with the Joneses and impress people that we don't even know their last name. It's a jacked up way to do finances. Well, why talk about this? Let me just give you some biblical reasons why we must talk about this. Can I give them to you today? 
Did you know that two-thirds of every parable in the Bible, two-thirds out of every parable, talk about how to deal with money? Two-thirds. 67% talk about money. One out of every 10 verse in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is really the life of Jesus, one out of every 10 talk about money. There are 2,300 verses in the Bible that mention your finances. And did you know that there are five times more verses in the Bible about money than about prayer and faith? So if you're ever wondering why a preacher, a pastor, or a church talk, and I can't speak for every church. I can only speak for the almost eight years that we've been a church. That every time we talk about finances, it's not because we want to get something from you. It's because we want God to get something to you. Our, our church has never been in a desperate need. You are a giving church. Last year alone, I don't know if I should tell you this, but I'm telling you this. Last year alone, we hit budget, am I right? 10 out, is it 10? 10 out of 12 months. We finished in the, is it good, what's the good, red or black? Black, we finished in the black last year. What am I telling you? We're good. We're good, we are good, the church is good. Now that means keep giving, but right now we're good. So I'm not trying to get something from you, I want God to get something to you. The, the late Billy Graham, most of you know Billy Graham, probably some of you in this room, you went to a Billy Graham crusade. I'll never forget going to the old Tampa Bay Bucks stadium and watching Billy Graham do what Billy Graham does. See hundreds, thousands of people get saved. So when Billy Graham talks, it's not up there with the Bible, but it, it's, it's, it's there. Here's what Billy Graham said, he said this, if a person gets his attitude towards money straight, it will help straighten out almost every other area of his life. Can I tell you something today? I want you to receive and I want you to feel God's hand on your finances. Whether you're a teenager in this room, working at Chick-fil-A, making $7 an hour, whether you're a college student in this room delivering pizzas, whether you're a young adult trying to figure out when the first time you're gonna buy a house, whether you're a family of four or five and you're trying to make ends meet, get the kids in soccer and football and give your tithes and offerings and make sure they're able to do this and that and pay your mortgage, or you're a senior saint in this room and you live on a fixed income and you've worked your whole life to get to where you are today, that wherever you're at, no matter what stage you are in, God's hand wants to be on your finances. So let me give you three thoughts today. If you're taking notes, write these down. Three thoughts in order for you to get God's favor on your finances. Next week, we're gonna get into this incredible Easter series of paper to person. Talk about the last seven days that Jesus walked this planet. But before we get there, we gotta get us going on this. So here's the first of the three. Number one, write it down. If you wanna get favor on your finances, how many of you wanna get favor on your finances? Come on, all of us, right? I, I do. There's, there's no question that I want favor in my finances. But in order for me, the Atkins family, to get favor and for your family to get favor on your finances, the first thing we must do is we must take care of what we already have. Are you hearing me? Take care of what you already have, which means this. God has already given you a lot to take care of. A lot. 
the biblical word for taking care of what you have is the biblical word stewardship. To be a good steward of what you have, to take care of what you have. How in the world is God gonna bless you with the next thing if you ain't grateful for the current thing? If you've not stewarded the current thing good, why is he gonna bless you with the next thing? How many of you love your kids? Come on, how many of you love your kids? Some of y'all parents, I saw you, you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> Been one of those mornings, huh? Been one of those mornings. Man, I love my kids. I love all three of them. I love a few of them more than the others. Any parent that says, now listen, let me just tell you something. Let me just get off my soapbox here. Any parent that says, well, I love all of my kids equal and I just wanna be with them equal amount of time, that is a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> Deep down inside, there's a little love for one more than the other, you just ain't telling them. Don't lie to me. Someone's gonna come and go, that's not true, that's not true. Yes, it is. You pray about it, the Lord's gonna convict you of that. Some of y'all are wrecked for the rest of the service now. Can't trust this guy at all. Can I just tell you, there's nothing I would ever not do to bless my kids. Come on, parents. I would do anything for my kids. Anything, anything. I would go, I would go, I would do anything short of sin for my kids. In fact, I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to. I'll never forget growing up, I was not a good kid. My mom's not in this service, so I can say this. And, and she would do this about every, every couple of years, she would come to me and she goes, son, did you murder somebody? I'm like, no, what do you mean? She goes, because if you murdered somebody, I'd cover it up for you, don't you worry, I'd cover it up. And I'm like, mom, you, I don't think you should say that to me. I just don't think that's good parenting, don't say. Now, if she heard me, she'd have a different story to tell, but I promise you, that's the accurate story. That's the accurate story. But here's the truth, I would do anything short of sin for my kids except one thing, give them my phone. Come on, somebody. How many of you got kids, all they want is your phone. At a restaurant, they want your phone. Sitting on the couch, they want your phone. They wanna play Fortnite, they, they need your phone. And you know what, I look at my kids, now they got phones now, so my kids don't care about my phone. Actually, they actually snoop at my text messages. That's actually what they do. Do they not, babe? Only Layla does that. And she always says, are you gonna talk about me today, Dad? There you go, Layla, I snooped on you. I would do anything for my kids except give them my phone. You know why? Some of you are like, it's because you don't love your kids. No, it has nothing to do with love. It has everything to do with trust. It's not that I don't love my kids, it's that I don't trust my kids. Listen to me. The reason why you're not experiencing God's God's favor on your finances, you have thought it's because God doesn't love you. It actually isn't because God doesn't love you, it's because God doesn't trust you. Because you've not taken care of what he's already given to you. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two says this, now a person who was put in charge as a manager or a steward must be what? Notice it doesn't say good looking. It doesn't say wise. It doesn't say have a lot of money. It doesn't say have a big family. It says a person who's put in charge as a manager must be what? Must be faithful. You know what that means? Must be able to take care of what you've already gotten. Be able to be a good steward of what you have. It's a, it's a mindset shift. But before I ask God for something else, I'm going to say, where, where, is, where is it that I've not been a good steward? 
Stewardship, here's what stewardship means. It means because, I heard a preacher say this to me years and years ago. It was actually the first church that we ever, the second church we ever worked for. This pastor said this, he said, because everything belongs to God, every spending decision is a spiritual decision. Every spending decision is a spiritual decision. And God is looking at your spending and asking, can I bless this person with the next thing? Most of you, if you've been in our church for the whole eight years, seven and a half, almost eight years, then you know part of this story. But in, from 20, 2007 to 2019, I drove a 2007 Kia Optima. 6'3", 200 pounds, does not fit real well. Come on, somebody. In a Kia Optima. But I drove it. Got it paid off. We drove it. But my dream truck, talked about it almost every few weeks, and people would give me little trucks. And I'm like, no, I don't want that little truck. I want the real thing. But my dream truck was a Toyota Tundra. Praise the Lord, I got it now in Jesus' name. But I wanted it for years. And I felt the Lord say to me, it will be time, come on, how many, how many husbands know this is wisdom right here? I, I, I felt like it would be the right time to buy the truck when April felt like it was the right time. <laughs> come on. The second thing is this. I promise you, if, you've ever, if you knew me back then and you knew my truck, my car, my 07 Kia Optima, if you got in there, you could have ate off of the floorboard. The windows were always clean, the carpet was always vacuumed, the chairs were always clean. It smelt good in there. You say, why? Well, I, I do struggle with OCD, but really the biblical reason why I did it, and I'm, tell, I'm telling you the truth, this is God is my witness. I knew that my blessing of the Toyota Tundra would come quicker if I took care of what God had already blessed me with. Can I just tell you something? Some of you right now, you want God to bless you with the next thing, but you're trashing the current thing he's blessed you with. Why would God give you the new car when you've got coffee cups and McDonald's wrappers and crud? I almost said crap, but I can't say that. Crud. All over your car. Why would he bless you with the next thing? It's actually an insult to God when he's already blessed you with that thing and you're not taking good care of it. Are you, are you hearing me? So here's some stewardship killers. Let me give you some stewardship killers. No, number one is this, it's ingratitude. Just not being grateful for what you have. I'm about ready to get rid of Christmas in my home. Come on, somebody. Not like the Jesus' birth part. We gotta keep that around for a little longer. But I'm about ready to get rid of the Christmas presents because, come on, sometimes it's like they put a pile. My brother used to do this. He'd have a pile, like we opening the presents, and he'd have a pile of what he's taking back and what he's keeping. He would be apologizing to my mom, putting the take back to the mall next week pile. Come on, that's funny. And mean. It's ingratitude. Ingratitude will actually kill your stewardship. Here's the second one. It's waste. I heard a preacher tell me, it's actually a preacher who I look up to. He told me this years ago. He said this. He said, Pastor, before you stand before your people and ask them to give, I need you to go back to the P&Ls and actually find out where you're wasting before you ask the church people to give more money. Are you hearing me? 
But I don't think that just works in the church house, in the storehouse. I think it works in the corporate house as well. We're asking God to bless us with the next thing, and we're not even being good stewards. We're wasting so much. Here's another one, dishonesty. Dishonesty is a stewardship killer. I won't spend a lot of time on this, but there's no quick way to serve the Lord. There's no life hack to serve the Lord. There's no trick to serve the Lord. But you are being dishonest by not paying your bills on time. By letting it go into collections, you're being dishonest and you're actually blocking the blessings that God wants to give to you in your life. Are you hearing me? So can I just ask you right now, I don't care if you have $10 in your bank account or $10 million in your bank account, but every single one of us in this room and watching online, every single one of us want more from God. Let's not, let's not lie to ourselves. We all want more from God. But in order for us to get more from God, we must be a good steward of what God has already given to us. Are you hearing me? Here's the second thing. Be a good steward. Here's the second thing. If we're gonna get God's favor on our finances, we've got to return to God what is God's? Now, my Bible says that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, does he not? My, my Bible says the book of James, you know it, it says this, that every good, pleasing, and perfect gift comes what? Down from the Father of lights. My, my Bible says that he is a giver that he gives out liberally, that he gives out more than Oprah gives out. Come on, somebody. One for you and one for you and one for you. God wants to bless his kids. But you need to know this, he owns it all, all of it. But we've gotta to return to him what is his. So what is his? Here it is, here's the biblical word. It's the word tithing. Tithing is his. It's his. God's. So what is tithing? Here's what tithing is. Tithing is returning to God what is his and putting him first in your finances. Now let me say this to you. This is not a heaven or hell. Don't worry about what's happening back here. This is not a heaven or hell thing. You can go to heaven and never tithe. It's not a heaven or hell issue. I don't recommend that, by the way. It's a blessing conversation. The reason why you're not being blessed is you're not returning back to him what he said is already his. That when you get your paycheck, it's not all yours. It's his. Are you hearing me? It's his. It's his. And that's why Proverbs chapter three says this. It says that we are to honor the Lord, our God, with the wealth of what? of our first fruits and all of our crops. Now, if, if you're not in the farming fruit and vegetable business, this verse makes absolutely no sense to you. So in biblical days, they use crops as their economy. So I'll give you three bananas, you give me two apples. I will give you this crop, this land of crop, and you give me this land so I can build my house. In today's day and age, our economy system is built off of this. A whole bunch of these. It's money, it's green, it's dinero, it's cash. What do they say? Cash is king. It's what makes the world go round. 
You need it. You need it to pay your bills. You need it to pay your electric bills. You need it to pay your mortgage. You need it to send your kids to school. You need it for school clothes. It's cash, cash. This is the economy. It's what makes the world go round. But in God's day, in biblical day, they used crops. And so what would happen in biblical days is they would be given their paycheck, which would be crops. So in this bag, I have 10 pairs. And so in their economy, God would give them or bless them with 10 pairs, P-E-A-R-S, pairs. And God would give them the 10 pairs, and what they would do is they would take one pair and they would give it back to God, and then the other nine pairs, they actually get to use however they want. But the first one pair must go to God because why? Because it is returning to God what is his. Are you following me? So if we keep going, what would happen is they would get one banana or one thing of banana. They would give it to God. And then what would happen? Come on, let's keep going. Let's keep going. No bananas, bananas, bananas. Come on, bananas, quicker, quicker, quicker. And they would get all these bananas. Look at all these bananas that I'm able to keep. So many bananas. All all God is asking is for one banana. And look at all these. And then he would give us a pineapple. And we would get one pineapple, 10 pineapples. And we would give him back one. So we give him one pineapple. And notice he doesn't ask for all 10 pineapples. He lets us keep nine of the pineapples. I mean, look at this. He lets us keep them all. Look at all of these bananas and all of these pears. And then what is this thing? And then he gives us cantaloupes. I don't know. Looks like a pumpkin to me. I don't know. I don't know. Gives us 10 cantaloupes. And what happens? God looks to his church. He looks to his sons and his daughters. And he says, one of those cantaloupes, it's mine. If you want favor on your finances, give me back one. But I'm going to let you keep the rest. Then he gives us one apple. Ten apples, and he says, the, the one is mine. Give me the apple. It's, it's my apple. I know it's going to be hard for you, but it's my apple. And look, he lets us keep all these other apples. Listen to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. The Bible says this. Bring all. Somebody say all. You know what all means? All. Bring all of the tithe, the 10%. You bring it all where? No, no, specifically, come on, let's read it. Let's not, let's not get messed up. Bring it into the storehouse. That's the church house. So listen, I'm, I'm all about, I'm all about Sarah McLaughlin and her up and the cats and the dogs. I'm all about saving the whales. Come on, somebody. I'm all about parachurches and nonprofits. I'm all about that, but I'm here to tell you, my Bible says, your Bible says that we're to bring all of the tithe into the storehouse so that there's enough food, so there's enough provision for those who need it. And if you do that, here's the promise, God himself will open up the windows of heaven in your life. Can I just tell somebody today, the windows have been closed for too long. It's time to open them up. Let's keep going. Can we keep going? Here we go. What are these things? Plums. Plums? Peaches. 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 
Peaches for you. There's an old song from the 90s, but we won't sing it today in church. Uh, Peaches, peaches. Then we've got oranges. What happened? One orange. But look at, listen to me. Look at all these oranges. Look at them all. He lets us keep them all. He lets us do whatever we want with these oranges. Have a blast. Buy houses. Buy your kids clothes. Go to Amazon. Come on, somebody. Do whatever you want. But before you do this, the first app, the first orange is mine. You got to give it back to me. Let's keep going. Here we go. What is this thing? Tangerine. Tangerine. I used to pick these in my great grandfather's yard in Brainton. Come on, somebody. Tree. Anybody like tangerines? Tangerines. Let's keep going. Grapes. Here we go. He says the first 10% of the grapes, they're mine. No, leave them there. Leave them there. That's perfect. No, listen. Here's the beautiful thing. It's so much, it doesn't even fit on the table. He's blessed you beyond your wildest imagination. And we get so bent out of shape and irritated that he asks for the first 10%. Why? Because we're selfish. Let's keep going. Grapes, come on, some grapes. Come on, Jaime, hurry up with the grapes. Kiwi, what the heck do you do with this thing? Why is it so hairy? What do you do with it? It, why would I want to eat this? It's like eating my arm. It's nasty. That's gross. All right. Strawberries. Come on. Who likes strawberries? Strawberries. He gives it to us. He says, it's yours. Have a blast with it. I'm going to keep it all. Come on. Let's keep going. Come on. Let's keep going. We got oranges. We got oranges. We got one orange. Here we go. One orange. It's mine. It's my mango. I'm sorry. Mango. It's mine. Mandarin. Whatever. Take it over there. Put it over there. One, what is this, a lime? One lime. It's his. It's his. Come on, let's keep going quicker. Come on, guys. Come on. One grape. It's his. Here's the point I'm trying to make with you. Listen, church, we get so bent out of shape with him asking for what it is that's his. This is his. And look, it doesn't even take up a corner of the table. But look, the blessings are overflowing with all that he allows us to have, everything. Now, listen, you can choose, you can choose. You can choose this, you can choose this. But I think for some of us in this room, you need this picture of what it looks like because you're so irritated and so angry and so ticked off at God that you've got to give him the first 10% of your income and God is going, what are you talking about, bro? This is it. Look at all that I'm allowing you to have. Now, you can, you can have it all. You can keep it all. But I'm here to tell you what Deuteronomy 14 says. It says this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always Put God first in your lives. Notice the purpose is not so that he, he's not poor. He's not living on welfare. He's got plenty. Do we have any more? Look at all this. He lets you have it all. He lets you keep it all. It's all his. It's all yours. He says, have a blast. It's all yours. All I need, son, daughter, is the first one. But if you'll keep up with it, look at all that I'm allowing you to have.
See, you need to know this, that 90% with God's blessing is better than 100% without his blessing. You want favor on your finances? Let's get back to returning to God what is his. It's his. It's his. Look what he allows us to have. I mean, I don't know about you, but I could eat for weeks on this. Eat for weeks. So where are you? Where are you? Are you giving? You giving the first 10% to him? Well, no, I've not, I don't, I can't afford to. Well, I'm glad you said that because you can hear it from me all day long, but I'd much rather you hear it from people that are normal, just like you. Check out this video. Hi, I'm Ernie, and this is my wife. I'm Christine. Hi, my name is Julie. Hi, I'm Kim Capwell. Hi, my name is Nancy Filippoli, and I did the 90-day tithing challenge last year with my husband, Joe, and I'm here to tell my story. I grew up in the church, so I was used to the concept of uh, tithing. Um, been faithful, I would say, kind of like spotty faithful, but I really made an effort this last year um, to be consistent. And I think it made a big difference, not just in physical things, you know, financial things, but just my confidence. Um, when I ask God for something, I feel like, you know, there's that confidence that he's listening and he's responding. And so many small things happened this past year that I feel like I've grown just from knowing that I'm not doing everything by myself. So when I heard about the challenge, I said, I'm gonna do this. I am going to go all out. I'm going to put God first and I'm going to set a certain amount, talked it over with my husband. We're gonna do this and we're gonna see what happens. Um, leading up to the 90 day tithe challenge, we were in a very long season. Um, we were in the middle of selling two homes starting a new business, purchasing a home. We were struggling to cope with handling something on our timeline. We had an expectation that these things would happen according to the timeline that was presented to us, but as it turns out, you know, God's timeline is the only timeline that matters. So nothing miraculous happened during the 90-day tithe challenge? Well, I shouldn't even say that. Because I say nothing miraculous happened, but stuff miraculously happens all the time. We just have grown so accustomed to God's blessings in our tithe and in our finance that we don't always even appreciate it. Bills come about that we weren't expecting, but the money is just always there. Um, the first real test we had with money, I was eight months pregnant with our third child, not working, and my husband got laid off, and we're like, oh, okay, what do we do now? and all our bills were paid through the whole thing. So we have lived all those tight years of, you know, we could not have made it without God's blessing. And I'm so thankful somebody taught us to tithe. Tithing is the only place that I know of in the Bible that God says to test him. If you read in Malachi, it says, test me. So I'm like, I'm gonna go for it. So we're tithing every week, same amount, first thing, not worried about what's gonna happen to the bills and the medical bills and all the credit card bills or anything like that. It's about seven weeks later. Um, you know, my husband got transferred to, uh, he's, he's a manager, got transferred to another store. And they said, oh yeah, you'll be getting, you know, 
some increase and stuff. So I wake up one morning and lo and behold, I look in our bank account and the paycheck is, it's large. I said, did you get a, a bonus? Did you get, what happened? He's like, well, I don't know. So he finds out that that was his raise and it happened to be double of what I was tithing. So I was like, wow, I was like, I can't, I can't believe this is happening. I said, praise God, praise God. I looked at our giving statement and the first thing I looked at was, did I make it every month? Did I do it every month? Like I had, you know, set out to do. And 10 out of 12, so not perfect, but a big improvement um, from the past. And then I looked at the total and it was more than I'd ever in one year done before. And then I went, that means I made this much money because of that. And I was just like, my mouth just kind of hit the floor like, God is so faithful. I, I'd never been a part of a relationship where um, you do your part, but the other person does just so much more. And I feel like that's what my Heavenly Father, I call him my Good Shepherd, um, has shown me this past year is like, just give me something to work with here. And I'm not gonna meet you halfway. I'm gonna meet you all the way over there and carry you a lot further than you probably even thought you could go. It was amazing. I'm here to tell you if you if you struggle with praying or tithing, just give it up to the Lord is all I'm gonna say is he just needs you to hear his voice. He needs you to pray and he needs you to tithe, you know, and, and if you're on the fence, trust me when I say this, you will see the rewards of your tithes. And I would uh, encourage you to step out, out of your comfort zone like I did, and receive God's blessings. Come on, how cool is that? We saw 147 people take the 90-day tithe challenge last year. Those that said, I am ready to go all in. I'm gonna get God's favor on my finances. Not so the church can have new buildings, not so the church can do all this new stuff, but so that God can get involved and transform what is going on in my finances. Stories, I mean, there, there was too many for us to tell you. So I wanna challenge you to do it. And so in the seat back pocket in front of you, you're gonna see this card. You'll see it here in the front row, it's in the seat right there. But you'll see this card, and it literally says 90 Day Tide Challenge. And again, we're not, we're, not at, we're, not, we're not trying to get anything from you, just trying to give something to you. And we want you to fill out your information, say, I'm willing to go in, I'm gonna do it. I don't know how well I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna go all in. These are for those that have been tipping God, kind of throwing money in as you have it, or maybe you've been giving to God, but you've, you've not been giving him your first 10%. And I wanna encourage you to join us. Join us in the 90 Day Tide Challenge. Here's what it's gonna look like. Over the next 12 weeks, you're gonna get a weekly email from me personally, from my personal email. I'm gonna write you a personal email and we're gonna communicate back and forth. We're gonna talk about questions and what, how you're doing and what's working and what's not working. I wanna encourage you throughout your journey. I wanna know what you're struggling with, what's going well, what's not going well. You're not putting an amount on there. You're not committing to give X amount of dollars. You're just saying for the next 90 days, for the next 12 weeks, I'm gonna give to the Lord. And I'm gonna believe that he's gonna bless the end. I'm gonna believe that he's gonna give me exceedingly and immeasurably more all that I can ask, think, or imagine. 
So if that's what God's calling you to do, I want you to fill it out. And what you're gonna do in just a moment, I've got one more quick point, but what you're gonna do on your way out, and just our thank you, our commitment to you. On your way out, you'll see a table. There'll be some people in green shirts. April and I'll be out there in just a moment, and we just wanna pray with you. You're gonna turn in your card, and we just wanna pray over you. We don't have to pray over you, but if you want prayer, we'd love to pray over your finances. But we wanna give you a book. The book is called Beyond Blessed. It's written by Robert Morris, Gateway Church in Texas, one of the largest prophetic churches in our area, in our country. And it is basically 90 devotions to overcome your financial stress. So I want you, we want to give it to you. And I want you to read one every day over the next 90 days and just believe that God has blessing in your finances. The, the other thing is this, maybe you give, but maybe you just throw money in the offering plate. I wanna encourage you, you can actually do what's called, oh, you're gonna get one of these magnets too. You'll get one of these magnets when you get the book and you'll get a letter that's personally from April and I and you can read that. But also I want you to know that you can actually do what's called reoccurring giving because sometimes you don't come or sometimes you forget to bring your checkbook. You can actually go to the Church Center app, we have an app, and you can actually do a reoccurring gift. So if you, 10% of $100 or $50 or $2, you can go on there and every day you could choose the day and it will come out as you want it to come out. It's a reoccurring gift. We do that, April and I do that, it's a lot easier. We get an email that tells us we, got, uh, we gave our tithe, so you can pray over your tithe. So you can do it right there. The other thing is this, we understand some of you your finances are a wreck right now. And so we have purchased for every single person in our church. We have purchased, it's different than it's always been, we've purchased uh, what's called Ramsey Plus. It used to be Financial Peace University, but you can actually have all the resources at home at your disposal free of charge. The church has already paid for it for you. All you need to do is scan that QR code. Everything you need for Ramsey Plus is right there. Budgeting, sermons, series, ways for you, strategies, processes and procedures. What do I do here? Where do I get my mortgage, interest rates? But yeah, right there, you can actually, it's free, won't cost you anything. It's already been paid for for you. Reason why we're doing that is this is not about the church getting more money. We want you to have favor on your finances. So you can do a reoccurring gift, you can actually get the Ramsey Plus. If you choose to fill out this card, and I would encourage you to do it right now. Don't wait till the end, because you won't. But fill out that card, and you can actually go there. We're gonna give you a book per family, so we, only, we don't have a lot for everybody. And so one per family, one per couple, and you can grab that book, and you guys can read it together. If you're already tithing consistently, consistently tithing, you don't need to fill this out. But if you're kind of wishy-washy with it, kind of in and out, there, that, then fill it out, and we wanna join you on that mailing list. Amen? Amen? Come on, can we give the Lord praise for that? Awesome. All right. Last but not least, number three, you want favor on your finances, be a good steward, return to God what is his, which is tithing, and then number three is this, you better find opportunities to invest in eternity, and that is simply generosity. Can I just say this to you, and I don't say this arrogantly, but that's where April and I are. We've, we give our 10%, and, and we've gotten to the place where giving 10% is easy. Not because we've got raises and bonuses. Giving 10% is because it's not an option to us. And you go, well, you're a pastor. I gave t we gave our first 10% to God before we were pastors. In the middle of us being fired and not having a pastorship, we did it. But we're at a place where we're now asking, we're finding families that we can bless. This week we were able to bless two families and we were just like blessing them. Just here you go, here you go, here's a blessing, here's a blessing, here's a blessing. April and I, we wanna live, God's told us in 2023, we're gonna live a life of generosity. God puts it on our heart, we're gonna bless other people.
Now that comes after the 10%. Comes after. I heard somebody just much smarter than me used to say this. They said this, that people who have the gift of earning almost always have the gift of giving. So if God has blessed you with a gift of earning, make sure that you learn the principle of giving. Paul, talking to the church of Corinth, a church like us, hopefully we're more spiritually mature than the church of Corinth. Come on, laugh at me, that was pretty funny. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7 says, since you excel in so many things, talking to the church of Corinth, you excel in your faith. You guys are so faithful, Wellspring, so faithful. You're gifted with amazing speakers and pastors and leaders and teachers. You're so gifted in your knowledge, your enthusiasm. You're so gifted in your love for one another. And here's what Paul tells the church at Corinth. And here's what Joey is telling the church at Wellspring. I want you to also excel in the gracious act of, next word says, giving. These are our, this is our legacy team. We meet every month on Wednesday nights, those that own a business and those that are in the business field and those that have been blessed financially. And if that's you, we'd love to talk to you. But we meet once a month on Wednesday nights. And we gather in the Next Steps room, about 40 or 50 of us, and we just gather and we just talk about how can we be a good steward of the resources that God has given to us. We want to disciple you. We want to disciple you in the kingdom of God and help you live to where God asks you to live. Living a life of generosity. See, in the light of eternity, Rick Warren says, your values change. When you live in light of eternity, your values will change. The final question I wanna ask you is this. Here's the final question, throw it up there. When it comes to my money, what's my next step? Maybe, maybe you're in this room right now and you just, you just need a good steward of what God's given to you. I would just tell you, for the next 90 days, be a good steward of what God's given you. For some of you in this room, and I would say a lot of you in this room, you've been tipping God, you've been throwing in what you can. I would encourage you, listen, this is, I'm not trying to sell, I could sales pitch you. You couldn't do me. Yeah, I could been in sales my whole life. I'm not sales pitching you. I do want to challenge you though, to fill out that 90 day tie challenge. Come get the free book. Let us pray over you. Let us get you on this weekly email and let's just see what God does in your finance. I believe beyond all believing that at the end of the 90 days, you will see blessing and breakthrough and resources like you've never, ever, ever seen before. Amen. So fill that out. Or maybe your next step is this. It's time. You've been giving 10%. But maybe you're in the camp of April and I, and it's just time for you to look around and see people that need to be blessed. Whatever it is, bless those people around. Can I pray for you? Father, we love you and we worship you, and we're so grateful for this amazing opportunity we have to be good stewards of the resources that you've given to us. Father, this is not about how much money. It's, Father, it's all about what we do with the money. Whether it's $10 or $10 million, what do we do with the resources that you've given to us? So Father, now as we go into a time of response, I pray that we respond in a way that brings you honor and brings you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, hey, everybody in the room, would you stand if you're watching online? I'd love for you to join in as well. We're gonna open up the stations. And I think there's something powerful about what's gonna happen right now. Church is not over. Listen, can I just, can I challenge you? Maybe it's a 1045 crowd. There's way too many people leaving right now in this moment. This is not the time to leave church. This is the time to stay plugged in. This is the time to be here and to respond to what the Lord has for you. So while you're here and you need prayer, our prayer team is here. 
Our staff's gonna join us as well, and we're gonna be up here and we're gonna pray as well. We'd love to pray over your finances, your resources, whatever we can do. If you wanna come forward and maybe light a candle, Maybe it's your finances or somebody else's finances. Maybe you need to go to the cross and recommit, Father. Say, I'm going all in on this 90-day tithe challenge. Whatever it may be, let's step in. And so as we respond, we're going to respond. But after we're done responding, April and I are going to meet you. We'd love to meet you as you fill out that 90-day tithe challenge. We'd love to pray over you, give you a hug, challenge you, high-five you, and just bless you for what you're doing. So, Father, as we respond, as we respond, I pray that we respond in faith. Thank you for this moment where we get to just be who you've called us to be, your sons and your daughters, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, uh, come on, as the worship team leads us, come on, let's just come forward and let's pray. Let's go to the cross, let's go to the candle. Come on, let's take communion together and let's respond to what Jesus has for us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about Wellspring Community Church, visit our website at wellspringfl.com. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend services. We'll see you in the next episode.